5: Ron and Anian. Sometimes
6: it's the little things, and that's what you got to pay attention to. Somebody once told me the story, and I, and I read it somewhere. If you think you're right, be right, and then go ahead. The Car Doctor. I took it to the dealership
7: because it's under warranty, and they can't seem to duplicate it. But it's only when it's
6: cold out. Well, you know, if, if you leave it outside the dealership at night this time of year, and you go there and start it. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian,
1: The Car Doctor since 1991 this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair if your mechanics giving you a busy signal pick up the phone and call in the garage doors
6: are open but i am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900 and now here's ronnie you know sometimes i think i miss the simple but then again if I don't have to talk to Tom that much, I don't really care. Tom, you're still there? Mr. Tom.
8: Well, I may decide to leave if you're going to keep talking to me like that.
6: Well, you know, I just wanted to point out that uh, I was thinking about our caller in the last hour, and he was asking if we're going to be here next week. I think we're going to be here next week. Aren't we going to be here next week?
8: <laughs> I hope we're going to be here next week, unless somebody knows something we
6: don't. Right. Um, but, you know, it is kind of amazing how we do this thing in in the midst of COVID, and we've just uh, just kind of roll with the punches and make it happen, and i don't know i was just I, I just wanted to say hello i missed you seeing you in studio
8: well, you know for for those listening ron is at the bat cave in new jersey i'm up here in uh, new york state and we have about 50 different uh digital links going back and forth uh, most of them over the public internet and that's how you're hearing your show every week
6: yeah <laughs> and in 131 markets now tom by the way, I yeah, forgot and, to tell
8: you. Yeah. Oh, and, and by the way, Ron and I can't see each other. We're doing all this by osmosis. That's right. Because we know the show well enough. Right. We just do it. We,
6: we know what the other one's thinking. Well, so we think. Let's see if we can get through this hour now that we've said that. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah. Oh, Lord. So without any further ado, let's see if we can do this, make it happen. Let's go to Jim in Virginia, 97 Accurate TL. Jim, welcome aboard, sir. How can we help?
9: Thank you, Ron. Yes, sir. Um, it's my son's car. Okay. Uh, in fantastic shape, except uh, we have a little mystery that uh, the rear parking lights are not coming on. So, nighttime he's got headlights. Uh, brake lights work, but he's all dark in the back. And he did notice when he used his uh, auto unlock for the car, he does see them flash. Okay. So, question is: Do we have a mystery wiring problem, or could it be something else? Could be a switch, but let's
6: let's just make it as simple as we can. Um, he has no parking lights. Does he have directionals?
9: Hmm, I believe so.
6: Okay. So, you know, what bulbs is he? You know, is he missing just the outer parking lights? Brake lights work.
9: Brake lights work.
6: Brake lights work. Do the license plate lights work?
9: Uh, another good question.
6: In other words, you know, everything is fed by a single wire. So I, I, what I would, if I was going to diagnose this, I would sit down, break out a wiring diagram, and look for a common failure. What's working? What's not working? If I've got license plate lights, if I've got directionals, if I've got brake lights, if the only thing not working... Are the parking lights? How come I can't have two bad bulbs? Mm-hmm. I, You know, well. b- before we get too crazy, and I know it sounds strange, but, you know, if the, if the parking light bulbs are only parking light bulbs and nothing else, if they're not a dual filament, and I'd have to look at a diagram to see, y- you know, it's funny, right? One burns out, we don't notice it, and then sometimes if the car is that old and the bulbs are original, the other one burns out. And then we notice it, and then we, you know, hey, what, what's the big mystery here? What if it's just something as simple as two bulbs? And I'm not saying change the bulbs, but let's take a look at them. There should be yeah. a master connector in the trunk. The harness will come out for the for the for the lamps, for the directionals, for the brake, and for the license plate and the reverse lights. Does he have reverse lights? Okay. And they'll all lead to a common connector coming from the main harness off the front of the vehicle. Is this a TL? Well,
9: this is a TL, and he has texted me so that there is a little more not working. Let me run this by you. Go ahead. He says: gauge, gauge lights, parking lights, and tail lights don't turn on when the headlights or parking lights are turned on they flash when the car is unlocked so they definitely work but just don't turn on with the headlights headlights turn signals and brake lights do work replaced headlight switch but the issue isn't fixed so not the problem fuses all look fine and must be fine since the lights all flash when the car is unlocked
6: okay do the front parking lights work
9: i don't know
6: all right and then so let's 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 get to the middle of the problem as fast as we can all right. Break out a wiring diagram, come out of the headlight switch with looking at the parking lamp circuit somewhere. It's going to split. It's going to come out of it. It's got to come out of the headlight switch and go front to back. Right. And mm-hmm. at that connector, do we have power coming from the headlight switch? If we do, if we've got it on this side of the connector and that side of the connector, that would be weird. I'm betting we don't have it on the. I'm betting we don't have it on both sides of the connector, and the problem lies between the main connector and the headlight switch itself. There's got to be a common failure here. This can't be that tough to fix. It's a broken car. Put a wiring diagram in front of a tech; he should be able to take it apart. Okay. All right. Best answer I got. Right. I, I don't. I don't want. But don't start changing any more parts because it's it's only going to get worse. It, it, this is a TL. This is like the SUV, right? Am I thinking of the right vehicle? This is like a mini SUV
9: thing. No, no, it's like a little sports car.
6: Okay, all right. There's no tra- There's no because tra- I remember the TL. Sometimes they showed a trailer connector because some of those cars towed. He doesn't have it. He doesn't have the trailer connector on this, does he? I'm oh pretty- no. Okay. You know, because no. then I would go to the trailer harness and check to see do I have power at the at the park signal there.
9: Mm-hmm. You know. So if the parking lights are working on the front, then that, that leads you to power on the, the right. wiring going I'm, I'm, to the rear. I'm back
6: to the wiring on the rear um, because it's parking lights in the back, and it's what else that he said? Jim? He
9: said gauge lights. Parking lights and tail lights don't turn on with the headlights.
6: Well, aren't parking lights and tail lights the same thing? Parking lights maybe are up front. As he's talking,
9: yeah, I think when he says parking lights, he's just referring to the the back of the car.
6: Okay, so it sounds like tail lamps don't work, and the and the and the gauge cluster lights don't work. Now, mm-hmm. now, did they both fail at the same time? Could we have two separate problems? So, True. you know, could this be a problem with the dimmer, that the dimmer switch doesn't work, that would dim the headlights, or I'm sorry, dim the dash lights, and could we have two bulbs out in the back? Need more information. Did it all happen at once? Did it ever work? Has he owned the car? How long has he owned the car? Oh,
9: probably... Uh, three
6: three years, five years. years? Huh?
9: Long time. Right. Long
6: time. And at one point, everything worked. Yeah. So... You know, first question: Did it all fail at once?
9: Mm-hmm.
6: I always ask those hard questions. Did you ever notice that?
9: I know. Yeah. I believe they all failed at once.
6: Okay, then there's got to be a common thread, and a wiring diagram. Yeah. A review of a wiring diagram will tell you. All right. I'll do this for you. You got a pencil and paper?
9: I do not. But well, well try
6: and try and remember it. Ron at CarDoctorShow.com. Mm-hmm. If you send me an email with the 17-digit VIN of the vehicle, I can't promise I'll get to it the early part of the week, but I'm sure sometime during the course of the week between now and next show, I'll look up a wiring diagram and I'll try to email it back to you with some what pointers.
10: email
6: again? Ron at Cardoctorshow.com and spell out doctor, C-A-R-D-O-C-T-O-R, Cardoctorshow.com. I'll be glad to do what I, I can do. for you. All right, sir? I really appreciate it. You're very welcome very welcome not a problem you take good care yes sir yeah listen it's it's got to be logical guys it's it's not that hard to resolve we just need when where why and how we had a car in the shop recently we had a matter of fact it was a toyota corolla (laughs) parking lights didn't work i looked at the car it had license plate lights brake lights worked it had directionals everything else worked except the two parking lights didn't work had two bad bulbs Sometimes simple's right in front of you and you don't want to overcomplicate it. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying just change the bulbs, but pull bulbs out of the vehicle you're having a problem with, look at them. The old flick test, you know, hold the bulb flick it with your thumb and forefinger. Do you see the filament bounce? If it does, it's bad. If the bulb is is got a black spot on it, it's bad. Change the bulb, move on to the next thing. Don't overthink it. 855-560-9900, the car doctors coming back right after this.
8: Write it on the wall so you don't forget to call for car advice done right. 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron.
6: Hey, let's get over and talk to David in Virginia, 83F150. David, welcome aboard, sir. How can I help?
13: Uh, yeah, man, I just I uh, got a little question I've kind of been toying with for a little while. I got a, It's got the, uh, the 300, the straight six in it. Okay. And um, I always get this little bit of white stuff on the dipstick. I don't get anything in the valve train. I don't lose any coolant. And I've had people tell me it's just, you know, it's condensation. It's old cast block and everything. So, you know, you know, the cast holds moisture and it heats up and it weeps out into the oil and, yep. you know, there's nothing to worry about, but I feel like it just shouldn't be there. Um, and I do, like, like I said, I'm not losing any water. Um, I mean, could it could be a, maybe a small pinhole in the head gasket or something. Maybe I am losing water, just a very, very, very small amount. It could, um,
6: you know, it could. Let me, let me um, ask you this. How often do you change oil? And have you, have you, I mean, it's, this is going to be a silly question. I get to ask one silly question to show this is it. you're not the original owner by chance. You don't know the maintenance history on this, do you?
13: Uh, no, I don't. I'm actually the third owner. The first guy that bought it bought it brand new, then he gave it to his dad, and then I bought it from his dad. Got it. So it had been in the same family for you know a long time, and then it's last, uh, the guy said probably about a year, but he was old. He was probably 70, old, retired railroad worker. And, uh, you know, I got a feeling, you know, at that age, um you know, a year might have been more like five years, six years. It probably <laughs> just been kind of yeah. sitting around, you know. Right. Um, right. And I don't think it got very, very minimal use, you know, for a long time. I do, you know, I do change the oil regularly. I do run, um, I mean, you can give me your tidbits on this too, but I do, you know, it's a, um, you know, flat tappet uh, cam push rod engine. So I run the the Valvoline, the 2050 weight in it with the, the high zinc, the racing oil. Um, seems to run a whole lot smoother. Um, kind of quieted the motor up a lot too um so but I, like i said i do i don't drive it a whole lot it's kind of just my little dump runner truck or whatever um you know beat around town I drive it to the bowling alley so, on
9: sunday so, so just,
6: um david does it does it sit a lot
13: um i'd probably drive it how I'd many, mi- put how, how many 50, miles you, how many miles how many miles a year do do you,
6: on how many miles a year do you put on it
13: uh probably maybe two thousand maybe okay
6: so it's a hot rod it's your hot rod,
13: it, really, yeah. What it is? Much, yeah. It's it's yeah. your classic car. Exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah,
6: it's your hot rod. So first of all, the, the commentary on the oil. I think 2050's overkill. I don't know that you need the zinc additive. You know, listen, if it makes you happy, great. I, you know, always remember this. I just had this conversation yesterday with one of the better engine builders i know in the area and i asked him this very question because i I get this a lot about the zinc thing and he said what you've got to realize is most older vehicles and we were talking about older cars we were talking about cars from the 50s and the 60s you know it's it's the quality of oil 60 or 70 uh, say again david okay so the quality of the oil 60 or 70 years ago was vastly different the zinc stuff is okay I mean, you can you can, you know, you can use the 2050. I don't think that's the be all and end all. I don't know that I would, but if it makes you happy, I'm not going to argue it. What I would do is I'd be concerned about whatever sludge is built up in this because 2,000 miles a year, long oil drain intervals in between on the previous owners. I would do a an oil change with this. Use what oil you want. I would go up to a 1030. Uh, a ten thirty synthetic. I think the synthetics have a better detergency to them and a better cleaning action. And I think ten thirty will be just fine. I would also look to see what's on the cap. What was it rated for in eighty three? I'm thinking ten thirty. But I think the important it was ten take- thirty. Yeah, then. it was. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, the important takeaway here is you want to use some sort of oil cleaner. All right, something to remove the sludge. Do you have an O'Reilly Auto Parts by you? Yeah. Okay. Run down to the local O'Reilly Auto Parts. See if they've got Berryman B60 high-mileage oil system rejuvenator. It's a cleaner. It's a sludge remover. All right? And it flat out works. We use it in the shop on cars with higher mileage, with low oil change intervals that are new to the shop, because then we get them on a good oil change requiem, and they follow protocol. And it 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 will it will eliminate the sludge. It may take two or three treatments, but it will eliminate the sludge. We've had very good success with it. Berryman B60 High Mileage Oil System Rejuvenator. O'Reilly Auto Parts should have it. You can also read about it on the on the Barryman website. Berryman Fuel com, but i would do that all right i think the other
13: i, I did want to say i did do one thing that might might add to this before when i got the truck i ran a bunch of uh not a bunch but i ran the uh the recommended amount a liberal recommended amount of uh foam through the crank because you can run it in the oil and i ran the truck got it warm let it run for like 15 minutes at like 2000 rpms you know and um in neutral and um but cool cooled all off. I took the I took the whole oil pan down. And drained all the oil. I took the whole oil pan down, and I must have scraped a, a half inch of sludge out of the bottom of the oil pan. Um, and because um, I had that problem before, but I didn't see any any of that white substance I'm talking about on the dip there. I didn't see anything white in, in the pan when I physically took the pan down. Right,
6: because what you um, saw what you saw in the pan was sludge. So, and it, it's, it's what the seafoam did was boil it out. But if it continues to come back, it's coming back because there's still more sludge in the motor. You know, the seafoam stuff is a good idea, but it's not long term. The Berryman. You can you know you can follow the directions on the can and they give you a mileage limit you know you can drive up to so many miles to use it and it's sometimes the chemical is good as it is you know you don't want to use something so harsh it, it, it cleans everything out in thirty seconds because what's it doing to the gasket and seals you want to use something gasket and seal sensitive if I can say it that way if that makes sense so yeah. you know no, you, I got
13: you. you yeah I never tried the Barryman I'll give that right. a shot
6: so try that and then the other thing is if you think you've got a head gasket issue. You think you've got a problem that maybe it is losing coolant? It wouldn't hurt, it doesn't hurt, to put a bottle of K-Seal in it. K-Seal.com for more info. We just did that this week with someone. We had a Chevy Malibu. They're going through coolant. A little bit like such a little bit on a hundred and eighty thousand mile vehicle. It didn't pay to really get into it. It's a fourteen year old car with hundred and eighty thousand miles on it. They were looking for a, a a simple way to solve it. We put a bottle of k seal in it. We'll see what happens. But I know right off the bat that they're going to they're going to uh, you know, not have their um uh, not have their issue. I know it's going to fix it. So um, just something really good to look at. So just, just be aware of that. Get out to KSEAL.com. It doesn't hurt. KSEAL is there. The engine will use it if it needs to. As a matter of fact, Tom, Tom, and thanks for the call, David. Yes. I appreciate it. Do me a favor. Get John Richter from KSEAL on the phone all right okay um he's he's he's, he's a Should vp over there call. yeah he's i'll give you a number off air uh you know i know he's hanging around saturday afternoon sunday on the weekends and stuff he, he's he's got no life he's a k seal executive he's he's all excited about k seal that's all he thinks about but let's get him on here he can answer a bunch of these questions we've got from the callers um i know johnny's a fun guy we'll have a great time so get him on the air we'll do that next coming up i'm ron Anini and any in the car Will doctor do. we'll be back right after this thanks tom
0: every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors directors writers and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of latinos in film listen to more than a movie as part of the my cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio radio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Hey, hey hey welcome back so
6: <laughs> you know You heard me recently talking about we had this 2011 Toyota Tacoma come into the shop, 148,000 miles, 150,000 miles, some crazy number, and it had a coolant leak. It had a coolant leak from the where underneath the intake manifold of course they have to put it under the intake manifold they put this plastic tube about an inch in diameter and it leads up to a metal water neck that's on the other side of the thermostat housing and it's just press fit on it's it's there's no clamp there's no support for it it's just kind of hanging out in space and it started to drip and part of it is due to the fact the customer didn't do great cooling system maintenance they They just and I could tell because when I took the radiator cap off, our radiator cap supposed to be two pieces, right? The bottom was still stuck in the radiator and the top is the top was just it came off. And I said, you know, you know how I fixed it. But I wanted to reach out to an expert in the field because I wanted him to hear the story. And I also wanted some comments from him. John Richter. He's a vice president over there at um, K-Seal, one of our very great sponsors. And we're very glad to have them. And John here today. John, welcome aboard, sir.
7: Good morning, Ron. Thank you for having me on the car, doctor, man. Really appreciate
6: it. You know, John, it was like, to me, it was like the perfect solution. Poured a bottle of K-Seal into this Toyota Tacoma, ran it, you know, followed the directions on the bottle, and boom, half hour later, this truck is fixed. And, you know, my only option was, do I pull the intake manifold off on an almost 10-year-old vehicle with brittle plastic lines, clips, (laughs) you know, and and make more? Uh, You know, was that the right repair, John?
7: It was the absolute right repair, Ron, and it, it, it's, it's amazing. I mean, KCL has made repairs like this literally millions of times, right? I mean, it's a ceramic formula product that it's not going to clog anything within the system. And when I make the repair, I guarantee it for the lifetime of the engine. No need for mechanical repairs with weeps, as long as it's not a crack Larger than one thirty seconds of an inch right. you 're good to go with cacio
6: so as cooling leaks i mean they 've gotten more complicated right here 's a car that you know because of the technology on the car because of the and the top technology is in electronics. The technology is the plastic intake manifold, the plastic lines that have been under the hood for nine or ten years or longer on some cars. And you go to take these things apart. Snap, crackle, pop. I always think of the cereal, right? It becomes Rice Krispies. It just starts to fall
7: apart. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's true. It's absolutely true. And even though these cars are, are advancing technologically all the time, the coolant system remains basically the same, right? right. Yep. I mean, the coolant's got to flow around the block, keep the engine cool. And 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 that's the bottom line. That's why I can make these repairs. Why is
6: why is ceramic technology better?
7: You know, it's a question that we get often, Ron. And you know, all the other alternatives out there are are sodium silicate based technology, which is basically liquid glass. Now, you remember, you may remember from years ago, uh, the government had a program where there were cash for clunkers. And they were using that chemical to seize engines. Yeah, sure. Silicate, yeah, right? sure.
9: Yep, it, it, yep. Do,
7: it doesn't play well with antifreeze. Ceramic technology, our technology, and we're the only guys out there with this, is totally different. Our product is 100% compatible with any type of antifreeze out there. So it's a true pour-and-go. This technology also allows us to, be, to make repairs on aluminum aluminum heads, and the hard plastic you were just talking about. Yeah. We can make those types of repairs. So that's one of the reasons. Those are several of the reasons why ceramic technology is so far advanced and better than the other technologies in the marketplace.
6: My, the only thing I don't understand about K-Seal, John, is I've got the large heavy-duty truck bottle in the shop, and I've got the small for passenger car bottle in the shop. Are, are, are they the same? Is you K-Seal know, is, is work the same on big and small engines, or is, is there a it, difference it in the w-
9: product?
7: Yeah, really good question, and it will work on on large engines and small engines, but obviously the bigger the system, uh, the more of my special sauce you're going to need. And we have a heavy-duty product, okay? A heavy-duty product comes in a 16-ounce bottle, and it's good for a 50-quart system. So we, we make repairs regularly on big rigs. We have a huge market in the agricultural fields. So, yes, the product will work in both small and large vehicles, and we've got a special product Casual heavy duty for those larger systems.
6: So if and so it's the same thing in each bottle. So if a person couldn't get a heavy duty bottle, could they take two of the smaller bottles and use it on a bigger system?
7: Ron, they could.
6: Okay. They, they absolutely could. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious because I I couldn't get, or by the same token, I couldn't get small bottles. My distributor was out of small bottles the other week, and I grabbed the big bottle, and I said, it's got to be the same stuff. I don't see anywhere where it's none. I used half a bottle, and I said, good, I think we're done. And I was right. We were done. <laughs> Di- different different <laughs> well, vehicle. Sunk. I love it. You know, I love different it. vehicle. Hey, listen, sometimes you just got to move the job along. The customer wants the car back. It's Friday. At 4:00. It's 4 o'clock. It's got to go, baby. Um, no doubt. No uh, doubt. So I know Seal won't clog heater cores. It won't clog radiators. What about other cooling system components? I know now it works on nylon tubes on Toyotas. Um, what about you know? What about uh, water pumps? Does it fix water pumps?
7: You know something. That's a really good question. And yes, it can. A water pump casing, right? They have a tendency to weep, and we can make that repair. We can remake that repair. And, and there's nothing in our formula, Ron, that'll clog anything within the system. In fact, we're the only company out there that has been third party tested by the ASTM 3147 global standard, okay, that clearly uh, states and points out to the fact that we won't clog anything and we actually make the repairs that we claim that we're going to make.
6: Wow. Um, Would it work? You know, one of the questions I get most common is, I know it'll do seepage, but would it fix, and I don't think it can, would it fix a drippy water pump from the weep hole? I don't see how it could.
7: You know, we've had success doing that. Yes, you can. We have. <laughs> we absolutely have.
6: That's crazy. That's crazy. I, it's, you
7: know it's, what? I, it's, it's, uh, it's a better mousetrap, Ron. It's a really good product. In fact, we're number one in the industry. We disrupted the entire industry about 10, 12 years ago.
6: Uh, is there a repair you guys are the most proud of? Because you seem to fix some of the craziest things out there. I've got my own stories. What are some of yours? What's the one you're the most proud of?
7: I tell you, one of the most impressive things that we have done, there was a 1913 Bugatti that had a porous block. And this is a million dollar vehicle. Yeah. Okay. And the guy came to us and we gave him a bottle of K Seal Ultimate to make the repair. The guy pours it in the engine. He's driving it around. It makes the repair. He's happy his all get out. The next week, Ron. He was on Jay Leno's garage, and the car was featured. So, so
9: It's working. <laughs> that,
7: that, very, very impressive, right? But I yeah. tell you, you, that's not actually the question you asked me. You asked me what I'm the most proud of. I'll tell you what I'm the most proud of, okay? About five or six years ago, uh, my daughter came to me, and she's got a, she had a 203 Jeep Wrangler. And she comes in to me, and she says, Dad, you know, I, I'm leaking antifreeze. I don't know where it's leaking from. Does your stuff really work? <laughs> this is my daughter right? yeah right so, so Danielle it's fixed it's repaired millions of cars okay so we get a bottle into her system she comes back the next day she was happy as could be and she goes dad your stuff really works she didn't use the word stuff, Ron, but, yeah, Right.
6: but yeah. it
7: really works. So that, I'm the most proud of that
6: one. And you got to tell her, listen, how do you think I sent you to college, right? Exactly. Um, you're, you're, exactly. What, do you, what do you think paid for that college education? <laughs> Something's got to be working. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I get it. I can, I can imagine. Um, John, in our closing two minutes, KSEAL, KSEAL Ultimate, and KSEAL HD. What's the difference? Uh,
7: good questions, okay? KSEAL... K-Seal is our 8-ounce pour-and-go product that's a general, multi-purpose repair. There are a lot of times when people have no idea where they're losing antifreeze from, and that's, that's the perfect opportunity for 12-cylinder for vehicles and less, a 20-quart right. system, right. K-Seal. Now, if somebody knows he's got a head gasket issue, you know he's got what looks like smoke blowing out the back or something like that, K-Seal Ultimate has got 33% more sealing power, plus an anti-rust and an anti-freeze formula in there. Perfect application if you know you got a head gasket or block issue.
6: And my guess would be, not to interrupt you, but I will, um, my guess would be <laughs> that the difference really is you could use either or, it's just that the ultimate's got a little bit more of a cost factor to it. So if we don't need to spend the money, why why would we?
7: All true. Right. All true. Right. But you've got 33% more sealing power right, as well.
6: Right, that's, that's why we would. Okay, and then KCLHD, that's for the trucks.
7: That's for the trucks and agricultural equipment, right? That'll take uh, that one bottle is good for a fifty quart system, as opposed to my eight ounce bottle being good for a twenty quart system.
6: Wow. Okay. Makes and all again, makes sense. Again, it's good.
7: It's a multi general repair, good for the entire system.
6: You know, John, I just wanted a reaction to the Toyota Tacoma repair. Uh, we that got a. That was whole, outstanding. We, we got a we, we got a whole <laughs> education here this, today. It's just uh, <laughs> like holy cow. I'm, uh, I
7: wanted to know how, how the guy who won that car felt. He uh, had to be tickled.
6: Oh, he was thrilled. He, you know, he, he, he at the end of the day, I, I, I texted him. We texted in the shop, and I said, you know, hey, Rich, your car is fixed. And he, he texted me back. He goes, I guess the magic stuff worked. I said, no magic. It worked. It's Case Field. And, you know. <laughs> I, he, love it,
7: he, he Ron, came, I love it, I love it. Thank dude, you for that support,
6: man. John, he came in. He paid the bill. He was thrilled. I just checked with him uh, two days ago. And he says, yeah, it's still working. My heat works. The leak's fixed. My wife, he said, the only bad thing is my. I had my wife convinced I could get a new car. And he goes, now she says I can't get one. I said, well, that's, <laughs> I said, I got to turn my shirt around and put the collar on if you want absolution, my son. I can only fix those things once in a while. Um, so, <laughs> that's clever. You know, that's But, um, you. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. John, where can the listeners go get more information? Let's let's give a plug here. Go ahead. Tell me. Yeah, well,
7: and, I, and thank you for that, okay? KSHIELD.com, our website, has got a ton of information. You can go to autopilot.com, okay, tons, thousands and thousands of reviews. And if you've got some techs out there that really want to learn a little bit more, go to kclacademy.com. Cool. All great places to get a lot of information on the cooling system and KCL. And how we can make repairs for you and save you guys literally thousands of dollars.
6: You know, and, and and as a closing note, I've also encouraged people, and I believe this: a small bottle of K Seal in the glove compartment of that car that's going to college or taking a trip, or uh, you know, just as a preventative, it's like having a cooling system mechanic in the car. It, you know, absolutely it, it, true it, and, it,
7: and, and great point. Yeah, great point.
6: Um, and it's but there's a limit, right? Now we we said the size of the crack can't be bigger than what? Let's leave them with that.
7: Yeah, one-thirty-seconds of an inch. Anything that size or smaller, uh, I got a 95% chance of making the repair, Ron. Yep,
6: cool beans. John, I had a ball. I I appreciate you taking the the, the the spot-on-the-moment phone call and uh, um, going through all this with me. I hope you had fun, too. We enjoyed ourselves.
7: I had a lot of fun. Thank you for having me on the car,
13: Dr. Ron. You're
7: Love welcome,
6: it. John. Listen, we're going to put you on the spot again, so keep by your phone in the coming months. You never know when it's going to happen and uh, things like <laughs> Give me this. Give whenever, man. It's you, sir. You be well. Take good care. I'm Ron and in and The Car Doctor. We are back right after this.
13: 15 seconds to air Stand by all cameras Ready with slow motion and isolated
8: cameras Stand by videotape and roll tape And tape is rolling in
6: less than 5 In three,
8: two, one. Take tape Hey Ron, remember last week we had a listener Write in and say, hey, you know, we kind of Miss you guys talking football
6: Yeah, that was, um, yeah, yeah, and you know, Tom, I kind of Miss us talking a little bit of football now and then I know it's a car show, but it was always fun to kind of Go over that. Why, what do you got? Yeah,
8: well, well you know I got Tony on the phone here, but I'm a little worried about him. He's talking about some superb owl who's going to be kicking Tom Brady in the end zone from one end of the field to the other, and I, I, <laughs> I just don't understand. <laughs> <I can. laughs> <I can. laughs> that must have been the owl. That
6: must have been the owl. What the heck was that, Tom? That didn't sound great. So, How are you guys doing? brother I'm Tony? Back. Brother Tony, we miss you so much. We're so glad you're doing so well. How are you? I'm doing
12: fine. Just trying to stay um, warm in this tri-state area. You know, oh, we got a snowstorm coming.
6: Yeah, well, and we're looking forward to your, We're looking forward to Tony's Facebook reports on uh, the weather. So uh, that's something else to look forward to if you follow Tony out there on Facebook. But T, you know, uh, some of the listeners are actually calling for you. They appreciated your football insight for the big game coming up, and we thought we'd take a break from cars for a couple of minutes. And uh, what are your thoughts? Where, where's this game going next week?
12: Uh, well, I'm going with Kansas City. Um, I'm going with the young kid beating the old guy. It, but um, no disrespect to Tom Brady; um, he did his thing, leaving um, the AFC going to the NFC to the Super Bowl. So respect to that man. But I'm going with the young buck. Yeah, yeah. You, you, go around.
6: even even in Tom Brady's home stadium like that.
12: Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I can't say what I want to say, but Tom knows what I want to say. But things do
8: happen. Yeah. This act the New York Giants, right, Tom? Oh my God! Let's not get into the New York Giants. Well, wait or, or, now. Or the listen. Jets, who had a perfect season going, and they put it up because.
5: Yes.
6: Yeah. You, you know what, Tony? I wasn't going to mention the Giants, but since you did, you know how much fun we always used to have kidding each other about the Giants. Where are they going next year? Give us some insight.
12: Listen, listen though uh, we're, we're going to go one step at a time. We're talking about the Super Bowl. We're not going. Let's we'll talk about the Giants in September. Okay, so. Um, let Tom and I just have our fun rooting against Tom Brady yeah, next Sunday,
6: okay? Yeah, yeah, I understand that. But Tom is right. The Jets were having a perfect season, and then they fouled it up, and they would have had the number one pick, but they had to go win a few games, right? It doesn't make any sense.
12: That's the Jets. Yeah. Everybody that grew up in the tri-state area knows the Jets always mess up at the last minute. You know, when the just, just need to do right, they do the wrong thing. Now, You know, he... Tom, and I feel sorry for, for Tom's son, Tommy. He's a diehard Jets fan. Poor kid.
6: I'm thinking what we should do is we should start uh, uh, a GoFundMe page to bring Tom Brady, maybe that's not the right terminology, to bring Tom Brady to the Jets and be the Jets quarterback next. If he could take Tampa Bay to the Super Bowl in a season, he could do it with the Jets, no?
12: No, no. You're pushing it. You're pushing it. You're pushing it,
6: okay? Um, you're probably right. Tony, listen, it's a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. I appreciate your insight and wisdom, as I'm sure the listeners do. You stay well, and you stay safe, all right?
12: Oh, uh, You guys be kidding. Love you guys,
6: man. Uh, you be well. We love you too, Tony. I'm Ron and Annie in the Car Doctor with Tom Ray. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Back on the car Doctor. You know, a couple of thoughts, by the way. Thanks to John Richter from KSEAL for taking the time today and for Big Tony for coming in with our football analysis, as it were, because I know this is a car show. We appreciate that. We haven't talked to Tony in a while, and we thought we'd reach out at the listeners' requests uh, for that information. Here's your takeaway for today, and it's very important. I've been talking about a little at the beginning of the hour. You know, the GM prediction of electric cars by 2035. Just keep that in the back of your mind. Can it be done? Remember, every time you go to a repair shop and they can't fix the car, or it's complicated, or it's electronic, or it's a module that needs something, or it needs a module, or a software update, magnify that. Make that longer. Make that bigger. Because... You're only going to see that increase. The technology is going to increase. The demands on the technicians are going to increase, and cars are going to get that much harder. And that's why, as always, I'm Ron and Annie in the Car Doctor, reminding you this time, like every time, the mechanics aren't expensive; they're priceless.
2: Carol G.
3: Juan Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common?